Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husson and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 141 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. I am Sean Hannon, joined as always by the handsome and charming Mr. Ben Hughesong. Mr. Hughesong. Yes. How are you doing? I'm great. Remember those Bud Light commercials or what they were? How are do. you doing? Was that Bud commercials? Well, I think that was like a play off of Friends with Joey Tribbiani's How You Maybe. Doing. And then it went into the whole Bud Light thing. It was like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? And it was like the, the one guy was the country bumpkin like, well, I'm sure. fine. <laughs> Thanks for asking. So how are you doing? I'm better than Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think so. Um, before we get into some of our shenanigans here, uh, I will ask the crowd here uh, that has joined us today to please like this video, share this video, subscribe to the channel. For those of you playing at home on the podcast version, please leave us a five-star rate and review. It is uh, much appreciated. Uh, did you see our uh, interview with uh, Kevin McKernan is up over 6,000 views? It's not bad. I, you say our interview like I was there. I was not. But your interview I mean, with Kevin our, McKernan. It's our show. It's fair. So it's our interview. But like uh, maybe I'll, I'll skim down here and see I can get a quick update here. Um, 6,069. That's what she said. Um, I know. I had to. I had to. <laughs> 6,000 views. You know why, though? Peter McCullough interviewed Dr. McKernan. Okay. And uh, I think we're catching the wake of uh, the Dr. McCullough interview. Got here. it. But they're talking about the same stuff, so it makes sense, right? So they're talking about some of this contamination stuff that McKernan found in the uh, the mRNA vaccine. So I didn't even add the, uh, I don't know how to say the fungus thing story, but that was pretty crazy, right? Yeah. Asparilligus? Asparilligus. I don't know if that's right or not. But I don't apparently, an antifung- apparently an antifungal uh, may have uh, removed the... Symptoms of autism from somebody seems crazy. Eesh. Maybe we'll cover that with Mr. McKernan in our next interview. I love it. But anyway, so um, hopefully we'll get 6,000 views on episode 141, too, as we talk about our boy Devin Archer. Devin Archer back in the news. Yeah. We're gonna, I'm going to read some from this book here, ladies and gentlemen. So if you guys are not familiar, uh, Peter Schweitzer, he has uh, kind of covered this extensively, the... Biden crime family and all of its machinations and where it's going. So uh, I'll read a little bit from there. Maybe you can read too if you would like to. Uh, there, those for those who can't see at home, it's uh, Secret Empires. Uh, it's a book uh, by Peter Schweitzer. So it basically chronicles the Bidens and the John Kerrys. I, we're going to talk about John Kerry a little bit today. I haven't I talked f- about him on the show ever. I feel like you also have to point out that on the cover, in no particular order, but we'll go moderately descending, is Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Mitch McConnell, John Kerry, and Jared Kushner. Mix and mash. I love it. <laughs> so, um, anyway, we'll get into that at the end here, but um, the only sports, we don't really have any sports. I was going to do the the TBT. The basketball tournament? Oh, yeah. Bayheim's Army lost last night, so they would have been in the, I guess, the finals if they had won last night, then we could have talked about it, but... Darn. On to 2024, so... Yep, next year. We're not going to talk about Bronny James. No? No. Come on, that's not sports-related? I mean, it's the exact kind of wheelhouse of our sports-related kind of content, but we're not going to go there today. Yeah, we're not going to go there today. I don't want to... I get it. I'm not here about that, so... We are here about some UFOs, though. Want to talk about some UFOs? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I feel 
again, I feel obligated. We talked about this last time we talked about UFOs, how it was like the, the fourth story on our board. <laughs> At least today it's first. I'm not even sure if that's, I think that might be last. But I it's, think it's just to get it out of the way. Yeah, it's just yeah. A, it's, it's a story unto itself. And so for those of you who don't know, um, there was uh, three uh, government official, uh, very credible witnesses. Um, sure. Credible being they have a long litany of, uh, you know, their, their, their CVs. Are, carry a lot of weight, I guess, if you will, in that world. Yeah. Um, testified in front of Congress, and I don't know, still 50-50 whether or not he believes it. I mean, I'm, I'm on 50-50. Have you seen the meme where it's like, you know, basically they flipped where the conspiracy theories are now like, no, there's no aliens, you crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely flipped on its head. I have, the world's nuts right now. But so, that's, so, I mean, but that's, I mean... I, you know, we could break down the, the testimony, and I don't know what what am I? What are we going to talk about? Cover ups and technology and what like that? We're not yeah. right, but so really, it boils down to me whether or not it's actually. Do you think this is a real disclosure, or do you think this is some contrived disclosure that is basically distracting us from something much bigger and much larger that is going to keep us occupied for a decade? All right, so I think regardless of the veracity of the claims, it's option B. I'm not <laughs> telling you it's not, but it's 100 percent meant to be a distraction. Yeah, I mean, listen, it would serve as a distraction. I'm guessing if, you know, E.T. showed up here and he's like, hey, here I am. Yeah, you know. show me an alien already. Like, either <laughs> picks or get out. Like, well, so, that's but, where I'm at. But let's, let's, let's put this conversation in the idea that they always say the military is like 50 years ahead of us, right? So, like, if in fact, and the 50s is probably generous, you know. Oh, it's probably very generous. It's probably more than that and, and probably never caught up on some things. So, um we're never going to catch up like this. Probably this is what probably most people thought was, you know, they're never going to catch up on the fact that aliens are running the world kind of thing. You sure. know, like all these shift, shift shapers, they call them that what the kids call shape shifters. Sorry. I got that backwards. You I'm, did. I'm an amateur. I mean, amateur conspiracy theorist. But anyway, so the, uh, the idea that there is life in the universe is not new. I don't think sure. it's even controversial to most people. I mean, I've seen even religious people in the recent months talk about, hey, you know, even the Bible talks about, you know, extraterrestrial or extra exceptional beings of some sort, whatever. So um, I'm not trying to get into that kind of argument today, but I don't think it's it's just the idea that, all right, the government's finally going to tell us. I think that's where the PSYOP comes from because there was no just, hi, here I am, you know, like, you would think, I mean, the take me to your leader meme is a little bit, you know, like you shared with me the other day. But, like, do you think that's really how it would go down? Do you think, like, the, I don't know. I'm, I, I guess, how do you think that the original contact would have gone down? Do you think there was ever not contact? Do you think there's been contact for thousands of years and they've just maintained it under, you know, the, the, guy, the, the cloak of the shapeshifters? I mean, I think anything is plausible at this point but i do think if a species had the technology to come out and actually send in sentient intelligent beings from their planet to our planet probably, and probably crash in the desert it, like i think here. they sent a drone first <laughs> i guess that's where i'm okay. at i think i think at some point like, sure if we were these species we're like we're trying to go colonize mars yeah we didn't start with a person like we sent a robot we sent some cameras we took some pictures we did all this stuff to try to figure out hey what's up what's going on here and i have to imagine any other being or any other species would do it the same way so no i guess i have a hard time believing the official narrative and i am I, I like there's so many things that line up more like the the wildest conspiracy theory I guess it's not the wildest but like the 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 one that would be yeah, the, don't te don't test me 
The most prominent amongst conspiracy theorists that would be so laughed at and dismissed by most people in the mainstream is the idea that the, the people in charge, the powers that be, are still trying to form the one world government with themselves at the top. And they thought they could do it through a pandemic, whereby giving most of the powers to the WHO, but people have widely and resoundingly rejected that notion, and they're not going to be able to do that one. If you got hostile aliens that are coming to get their dead bodies back, that could get the people to clamor. Do I need to play Paul Krugman again? No. Oh, uh, yes, actually. What did he say? <laughs> He's a- Remember, we, we, I played that clip when we talked about this last time where he was basically saying oh, that yeah. uh, if they had a fake, you know, organized alien invasion, alien invasion that the, uh, you know, it would be good for the economy. It would be great for the economy. <laughs> so then the Federal Reserve could show how important it is again. But that's like... To me, that lines up more than this notion of these aliens came and crash-landed in the desert, and that's only interaction we've ever had. So you think they're going to kind of split the country between UFOs and climate change? They're like the half the climate change they are going to be scared into obedience, and the other half are going to be like threat of aliens? See, Listen I can't go half and half because that leaves you and me out. Like, well, we've got to be in one of these camps somewhere. There's always a sliver. Yeah, we're always a sliver. Like, what's the you're all crazy phase and leave me alone we that's, are there that's the sliver i've, I I've witnessed it firsthand i tell yeah. you we have reached craziness um i don't know anything else on the uh, ufo I, I i can't call them uaps I don't, i'm sorry no it's stupid uh, i think that ufos are i'm very skeptical about everything surrounding this not that there's no such thing as aliens i'm actually firmly in the team that thinks there probably are it seems mathematically very probable likely, right, right. Yeah. and so that's where it's like and the idea that we've never seen an interaction with one also seems a little crazy once you get into the idea of are there shape-shifting lizard overlords that are running the country and the world i hope not we'll see what happens is at some point along the line People begin lying to you about the story, so then you have to make up the ending. Right. So I mean, that's it. That's, that's it somewhere goes. I got lied to, and the yeah. government went out of its way for 50 years yeah. to delegitimize every person who claimed there was UFOs. Now they're turning around, and for some reason, they want us to know that we have UFOs and aliens. And that's immediate. I think I talked about this when they first started discussing all this two years ago. I went, I believed in UFOs until the government told me they were yeah. real. That yeah. That's when I stopped. And the go, sources became bad. Ah, <laughs> I give you the dude in his trailer tracking internet data for 20 hours a day over yeah. some government whistleblower any day of the week. And that one whistleblower has crazy eyes. I, I've heard that story. Yeah. I, he, he looks like he's, I mean, just even this picture, he's pretty intense looking. So, yes. but anyway, duh. we'll wait to see I when, guess. you know, like, listen, if any of you aliens out here, I promise you, we have a third microphone and a headset. You're more than welcome to come down. We can talk to you right here Hell on the yeah. show. I did like to meme a buddy. Validate mine, your existence. A, a former coworker of mine put one online that said, uh, it's like this big over-the-top thing of like, aliens are real, and it's another person responding very calmly like, cool. So back to the Epstein client list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, priorities. <laughs> I guess that's where I'm at, too. Yeah. It's crazy that that has really happened, though. Like, that the, the whole idea that for, for decades, cover up, cover up, cover up, cover up, literally is... The moment that they were like, okay, you got us. We're like, we don't believe you. <laughs> it's like an instinctual thing. <laughs> Liars. Oh, so it's not real. Damn it. I really put it on that one. I hate when the government's my main source. Seriously. But anyway, so speaking of governments, let's talk about the Facebook files. Oh I haven't read all this yet, so, but um, Matt Taibbi, friend of the program. Uh, I'm a fan of his. <laughs> yeah, right. Reverse friend of the program. Yeah. Um, 
one of my two paid Substack subscriptions, the Racket News, uh, his uh, thing here. The new Facebook files show everything the First Amendment was designed to prevent. Uh, how subcommittee releases internal Facebook correspondence showing how the White House it was showing how a White House that was itself spreading disinformation tried to ban criticism. So this is kind of like the the backbone of the Missouri v. Biden trial that's going on uh, right now, where basically they're suing the White House and the Biden administration for First Amendment violations of saying, saying hey, you literally violated the first amendment the first rule that you're not allowed to do you broke so um and this has moved through the courts it has now merged with a couple different other trials including one with rfk i think um so now there's a conglomerate of cases being tried in this uh, first amendment case here uh missouri v v biden i mean not shocked here i mean i you know and this is not like something that i was like oh my god facebook was I mean, I literally was labeled an extremist. <laughs> when I opened my Facebook app one day, they're like, you're an extremist. Everybody who interacts with you is going to be no. And I was like, what? So that's when I changed my uh, my Facebook, uh, what do you call those things? Picture? Yeah, but not the picture. The, the background? The frame around it. The circle oh, frame okay. where it says I expose my friends to extreme content. Nice. Yeah, well, it's been there ever since. So I, anyway, I, like I guess what I'm saying is I'm not surprised that Facebook was out there censoring people like me and you and whoever else. Um but now we have actual literal documentation of that. Yeah, I, I noticed it in my own, and I was. It, but the reason I was skeptical about it, it was, was same thing when like YouTube kicked us off of like, why us? Why yeah. me? Like I have no following. I'm I am such small potatoes that I can't imagine any company caring what I put out there. Like I'm like the old man yelling at the wind or yelling at the clouds. Like I would put stuff up, I would put up studies, I would do all that. And I would get something in the ballpark of 30 to 50 reactions. All right. That's not a lot. And then all of a sudden, when they started, like, right around this time frame, it went down to, like, eight. And I was like, huh, that's a big drop. Maybe people just don't like it anymore. No problem. And then I just kept noticing that it didn't matter what it was, how topical, how prescient, how important. It just, it was gone. I had no reach. And I kind of laughed, like, all right, I don't want to say, I think I'm getting shadow banned because it makes me sound way more important than I am. I just looked at it like the algorithm seems to be just doing this. And yeah. maybe your algorithm was overreaching if you're For going sure. after a dude that's getting 30 impressions yeah, right. per post. Right. And just that's, saying. yeah, and I don't disagree. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm 99.9% .9 sure there was nobody manually deleting any no. of our content. Right. So it was all done through keyword search algorithm stuff that um uh that took us down but anyway so screw youtube the um <laughs> and so i thought this is the one thing i thought was funny so this meme was actually part of the correspondence where they 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 targeted this meme the white house did for takedown so can you see it on the screen here yeah so it says 10 years from now you will be watching tv in here did your beloved one take the COVID vaccine? You may be entitled, dot, 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 right? <laughs> and so they targeted this meme and made it and target and took it down wherever they could find it. So come on. I mean, like, you know, this is kind of piggyback. It, it seems Zuckerberg was on to the fact that this was all going to come out. at some like when he was on Rogan, like he was clearly laying the groundwork and being like, hey, uh, when this all comes out, like they told us to do it. Like we were just following orders, which, you know, mm. was great. Uh, uh, thing to do here but um i don't know anything on the uh the facebook files here you want to add I, more more censorship from big tech and the government yeah like the right to the freedom of speech it's you're not supposed to infringe upon it 
I don't know what could be more blatant infringement upon the right to freedom of speech, expression, and debate than the executive office of the United States government reaching out to dissuade private companies from posting anything to be to limit the reach of said comments and to call into question the veracity of everything that's said with official executive agency shtick and rhetoric. I know that's not the right word, but like this is the very definition of infringing upon somebody's First Amendment right by the federal government. Like I I get yeah, it. All the, the whole argument that was happening back in the day was like, Facebook's a private company. They can do whatever they want, blah, 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 whatever, right? Okay, I get it, but not at when they're being told to by the White House. Right. That it, cha- it takes that, that whole argument is now wiped off the map and they start over. Right, because again, it doesn't say in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights that the government is barred from only preventing and stopping good information and intelligent speech. That is not what is written, all right? Yeah, we don't have the first amendment to talk about the weather. No, exactly. We have it to do challenging ideas that sound crazy at the time and that you're allowed to talk about them and flesh them out. And that way you don't have the government coming in as will be your one source of truth and information. Because when has that not ended well in a society? Um, so the idea that the government and specifically the executive, which is already like was never designed to be as powerful as it is, that the executive branch is the one reaching out to these companies over public information, and not just Facebook, but every social media company, which is today's equivalent of the town square, and is literally undermining people's right to share information or opinion, whether made in good faith or bad, does not matter. Like, the idea that they came up with the term of malinformation, which is, well, it's true, but it hurts. Yeah, and that was RFK's basically. Like they basically used that word, that definition, to take down his content of almost a million followers on Instagram was malinformation. Nothing he said was untrue. It was just, uh, you know, inconvenient. Right. And I'm begging everybody. Although, if you listen to this show, you're probably already on this team because our audience isn't enormous. So you probably already agree with a lot. We have of this. a very bright audience. I bet. I would agree. Obviously, that's not self-serving opinion <laughs> at all. Um, but all the same, it's if you find yourself cheering for censorship for any reason, you got to pause. You got to actually pause and take a step back and go, wait a minute. When have there ever been the good guys clamoring for censorship? When historically has it ever been the good guy saying, just trust the government and let them silence all of their critics? It's not a high batting average if that's what you're going for. So, again, I would love for there to be a YouTube files eventually because, you know, the, of, you know, even Facebook and Twitter and, you know, maybe maybe Twitter, but I don't know. I really felt like YouTube was the, where there was the the short video clips that could have been, you know, I, I say short, I mean like, you know, five to 15 minute video clips that could be done by these doctors and whatnot on YouTube. The fact that those were taken down and unable to be shared and in silence, I think was the most damaging of all of the Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, like all of that. I don't know. Maybe you disagree, but of the big techs, I feel like the suppression of YouTube videos was, or would have had the biggest impact on affecting the narrative. Maybe. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Only because of the video format, as opposed to reading the text. Like, I don't know. People, flip watch videos and they don't you know they just get to absorb it and then they can share it whatever people have to read a post and read a text and read a tweet or whatever so there's just a level of commitment that that the engagement has to require i don't know i feel like of all of the big tech stuff the censorship taken by youtube was the most damaging to 
the First Amendment. It was either that or it, it might have even been Facebook because the idea of more people use Facebook for just to share something as simple as YouTube hey, is the biggest search engine, is the second biggest search engine. Google is the Google. biggest. YouTube I, is I, the yeah. second biggest search engine. Yeah, I don't know, be. man. I, yeah, I could go either way. I feel like it's, I don't know. And I, and I said, I, I'm, I'm leaning more because of the, the format, because yeah. of this video versus text. But anyway, let's bring it on. YouTube files, whatever you got. Yes, sir. Hopefully it's Mr. Taibbi because I already paid for that subscription. I don't want to pay for another one. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know, got to look out for number one. That's that. All right. Let's talk a little bit about 2024, which seems I feel like it's going to be a weekly thing here from now until November of 2024. Hooray. And maybe till January, whatever, of 2025, whatever that number is, <laughs> whatever that date is. Whatever. Shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a couple things. Ron DeSantis, long been perceived as the number two. I think he still is the number two I, in my mind. Uh, for the Republicans, that is. Yes. Um, seemingly slipping as the number two, or at least, you know, there is a way closer gap between number two and number three, that being said, number nine, than there is from num number two to number one. I agree with that. And so I'm bringing up the New York Post here, and I just realized I got like four articles from the New York Post pulled up here, but so I apologize for that, but you're welcome, New York Post. Um, Ron DeSantis, Hampton fundraiser flops while RFK and Trump rake it in. So this is obviously a New York, primarily New York downstate uh, paper, but uh, uh, with national, obviously, it's New York Post. It's been around for hundreds of years, but plugged into the Hamptons and uh, says uh, Ron DeSantis has had to kind of like restructure some of the fundraisers to smaller venues, smaller people, uh, doing more intimate dinners and no rallies. So I don't know. First take, I mean, I, I'm going to bring up Ron DeSantis, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, and RFK today. Uh, you can bring up whoever you'd like to on, on top of all that, but obviously, and Trump is always fair game here at the, in, in this discussion. But sure. um, is DeSantis, do you feel, I mean, I don't feel as strong as DeSantis did. You know, I, I had joked when he's announced he's going to, I say joke, but I say when he's announced he was going to get a bump, and nothing, nothing ever happened. He's literally been going down ever since. Um, I don't know. What's your what's your take on DeSantis overall? Uh, he shuffled his uh, uh, campaign team around uh, recently here and, uh, uh, you know, is back out in Iowa here, but still down. And, and not only just down in as an overall to Trump as a general, which is, you know, hard to really, uh, you know, factor into a, in a race in Iowa, a race in New Hampshire, a race in South Carolina, but Trump's winning all those too. So yeah. I don't know. Is DeSantis still the best chance to take out Trump? Maybe. I guess um, from the right, yeah, he's still the the largest, uh, second largest behind Trump for for popularity, for votes, for likely voters. Uh, I think the problem that DeSantis is going to have is the only shot he would have would be the old adage of the Democrats fall in love and the Republicans fall in line. Except in this case, it seems that a not insignificant portion of the right has fallen in love. And that's Trump or nobody. And they're not. And I will even throw a little into your exact analogy. I think a sliver of the right has fallen in love with RFK, which would otherwise probably go to DeSantis. I agree Do with that. you think that? I yes. think that. I think I might even I mean, fall might... into that. If you could still consider me on the right, it's that I don't, I, I, I don't, I'm not voting for Trump. And it was, I didn't, I wasn't excited about the Sanders and RFK. Like if you made me pick right now, it'd be RFK. Yeah, me too. Like, I, I, I've said, people have asked me and I was like, I could leave. Right now, the the voting booth or the clean conscious voting for RFK. Same. I, something could that could change between now and like you know, like I said, people try to you know, all, all things can change. They but try like, to call him a Nazi. Sure. Well, I've been there, so you, that's right. I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't bring that up. 
and shell-shocked. Because he said 14 days ago, I asked, normally it takes 14 days. 88 days ago, I asked for social or for uh, secret service protection. And 14 refers to the 14 words of some white nationalist thing. And 88 is a well-known symbol for HH or oh, Hal Hitler. You're way, you're so way he down. He was there. sending a message. You're way down. You're oh, way it down. was one tweet that my buddy okay. sent me and I died laughing. Like, this is the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Like, this is how badly you're reaching. And I loved it. Uh, but no, I would back to your question. I still think the Sanus is, but I think the Sanus. He's missing what made Trump such an appeal to the people within the present day, like the populist movement of the Republican Party. DeSantis was great as governor of putting the the rights of the individual death over Santis. the— Death Santis? Yeah, Death Santis and dealing with that. For, the, for those of us like me and Mr. Husung here who grew up in New York uh, during COVID, um, I wish we had Death Santis here Same. in uh, New York. But go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. But it was—he did a good job. The problem is once you get to a national level, it's he's missing what it was that brought— trump to power he doesn't have it and he is missing it he's just the anti-woke no matter what and all of this other stuff but it's still not understanding the crux of he still wants to be a part of the boys club he still wants to be a part of the political elite this seems like counterintuitive i think but do you think desantis is hurt from the right i mean listen he's clearly pivoted to the right and i'm going to uh, specifically uh, touch on the abortion issue because clearly that's where he, at least early on in the campaign, tried to make a, a, a complete difference with Trump. Do you think that that issue matters in the GOP primary um, in a sense that, like, I'm guessing there are a bunch of pro-lifers who are voting for Trump just for other reasons. Um, but do you think that's hurting? Do you think his strong position on the wokeness even to maybe, you know, those those culture issues, if you will, uh, his hard stake to the right, do you think that's hurting him in the GOP, DeSantis? Um, like, no. Do you think the GOP has moved a little bit away from where DeSantis is trying to get is really what I'm asking. Do you think the base I of see. the GOP has shifted? And I, I don't want to say left because that's not what I, I mean. I feel like the, the, the what we describe as the right has gotten way smaller, you know, for the, for the world um, in that, I think Trump still attracts more of the non-right than DeSantis does. But I, I, I don't know. It seems like he hasn't been able to gain traction from the right leaning. And he's all on the he's to the right of Trump on all those things. I think Trump. Or do you think Trump just transcends that? I, I think Trump in a certain extent transcends that because it's. He just is a, he's like the counterculture candidate. He is the, this system is corrupt and I'm, I'm aware of it. You're aware of it. Let me go in there. And I, now I really know how to blow it up. Let's blow it up. So there's a lot of push. I wish you would there. say that. I know. Now the flip side though, is I think DeSantis is at his core, a country club Republican. I think that's who he is. I think he is a, you know, he's a naval officer. He's like an old school politician in the present day. Whereas if his candidacy was in 2008, I would have loved him as a candidate. I think he would have done well. Not, not like loved his positions. I mean, I would have loved his odds. I would, have, I would have bet on him. But he's not keeping up with the changes to the demographics, to the changes of the voting block as they come. Like, I, I, and I don't know that he can, realistically. I don't know that he has it in him. And I do think it'll cycle down a little bit, and he might have another chance in the future. But right now is 
we're living through this unprecedented political time where somebody like Donald Trump can remain this relevant and get indicted and can, I guess, not only remain so relevant to his base and to the other people, but to the other side could be so troubled by him that they just keep throwing everything at him. Yeah, and listen, the the right has tried for eight years to primary him, and he's number one. It's untouchable. You know what I mean? Like, that's why, you know, I've, I've... you know, easy for me to say now in hindsight, like, I just don't think DeSantis ever should have ran. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't think he should have when he did it. I didn't well, think it was the right time. Like, one way or another, this is going he could to have, be... He could have just sat back, and then even if Trump would have lost, he could have just been like, okay, see, you tried it twice here, I'm going to try it a little different way, and not thrown Trump under the bus, right. and then had all Trump support, I mean, or Trump supporters. It would have made the most sense in the world for him to just come on, and that would have been Trump's answer to the, you were too... You gave in to Fauci. You gave in yeah, all these could, people. He and could then have brought just, in DeSantis. And if, especially if it turns out, and for, you know, I don't know what the machinations would have to be for Trump to not be eligible to run for president. If all of a sudden Trump was kicked off the ballot and DeSantis kept, okay, I'm coming in now to save the day, Guns he would have been, he would have been like a home run president. He would have been the president. Yep. I don't know. It seems weird. No, but I think that... You, I think he got some bad advice from the people that you talk about, the Country Club Republicans. Yeah, the Country Club Republicans who think that Trump is beneath them, and that not only that, but the voters are beneath them, and the, and the voters should just shut up and take whatever candidate they give them because they know best. They're missing what is happening in real time. That's right. what I think. All right, so if it's not DeSantis, right now Vivek Ramaswamy has kind of wrestled the third uh, position away from the rest of the field and is taking aim at DeSantis, if you will, uh, tied in one poll. I can't remember which poll it was now off the top of my head, but 12% each in that poll. Uh, he was 10% in another poll where DeSantis was 16. He's got the gift, man. That dude, I don't know if you do watch the Breaking Points interview. No. I sent it to you, but the dude is like, you know, it's easy to be, all these candidates are, you know, note-free, if you will. Sure. The dude is like a rolodex of information he can go to wherever you want to go to in the conversation and start from there and sound intelligent about it all so he's young he's a millennial um it seems as though and i i had mentioned this a couple times on the show that i think that there was a way for desantis trump and ramaswamy to kind of carve out a niche or a, a, a segment of the voting populace enough to be the final three i don't think anybody else below ramaswamy in this race has the ability to have anything unless trump is removed from the the discussion um i don't know do you have any have you listened to any of uh ramaswamy's takes uh i don't know what's your take on a uh he's got listen we we talked about he's got you know he's got stuff in the skeletons sure i don't know skeletons is the right word but he's got some stuff you can point to and be like what's this about right Right. sure he was the kaplan strategies was was the uh uh poll that had desantis and uh uh, ramaswamy tied at 12 percent I think that for Rimaswamy, it's the same thing that I would ask of Trump of, if you want my consideration, which admittedly you're probably not getting, you have to own the mistakes. Like, you have to acknowledge now. I need you to say flat out, like, look, I, I got sucked into it looking at it now objectively as I can. No, we should never have been putting masks on. Social distancing was a terrible idea, and the vaccine was absolutely rushed. It shouldn't have been. There was no, and even if we developed the vaccine, we should have just administered it to the people that were 65 and over and the people that had significant health problems and everybody else we should have waited. That was an incalculable mistake that we never should have made. But they yeah. won't do it because yeah. they have too many egos. Yeah, I mean, he seems like he has no reason not to do that. Right. <clears throat> you're so. not going to be the darling of the other side by staying with that. Like, you're not gaining any, and I guess that's the point of 
Trump at least knows that his crowd doesn't want to hear him talk about the vaccine anymore. Like, and he doesn't bring it up any longer because even though he wants that to be his accomplishment, he knows it'll kill him because nobody wants to hear it. Trump bringing out Lindsey Graham to get booed off the stage after six minutes of booing without letting the guy talk. Like, I don't think you're going to see Lindsey Graham out there again because Trump will make adjustments on the fly. Yeah, like I said, it's... Okay. All right, there that is. Some extracurricular activities. Yeah, it sounded... Um, So... Let's switch one more thing for 2024 and move off of the uh, Republicans and move to the Democrat side. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really want to pull up the poll here, but um, Harvard Harris has done a, been doing a favorability poll. Number one on that list, Mr. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., um, for the second time since they've been running it anyway, he's number one in favorability over all the candidates in 2024, Republicans and Democrats. That's so, wild to me. Yeah. That's wild. Number one. Don't get me wrong, he's my guy, but, like, the idea of, like, this anti-vaxxer, I, I don't have a better way of saying this, but, like, environmentalist jacked up, can barely speak, <laughs> and this uber-environmentalist is just, like, he's the one seen most favorable across the board. Like, what time, what timeline are we living in right now where this is where we're so at? So, do you, do you, this is, might be, uh, I don't know how, how to quantify this, but do you think his voice matters? Not a lot. I mean, I've heard I've I've heard it from multiple people that I can't listen to him because of his voice. So, if you can't listen to him, you can't hear him unless you're going to read him and make a conscious effort to do that, right? So, um, I don't know. I, I've listened to so much of it now that I Same. just I it's I it doesn't you know it just goes it barely right over me. registers yeah. anymore. Yeah. I will say the most recent interview looks like somebody had played with the microphone and it was it was different. I couldn't tell if it was more audible for me to understand or not but anyway i could tell somebody had played around with some uh background i can't remember which which uh interview that was but no i think that for robert kennedy my my pro list if you will is the he wants to break up the carousel between big pharma and the fda cdc i'm on board he wants to break up the same type of back and forth carousel with the department of defense and defense contractors and stop getting us involved in foreign wars for eternity i'm on board with that too that's those are two very big things uh and there was one other uh, the intelligence agencies he wants to rein in cool all right three for three with me personally of what i think is causing the most problems right now he has acknowledged that the supreme court has settled the issue of whether the second amendment is a individual right or a collective right and he said i'm I, like i mean I, yeah i would sign an assault weapons ban but he knows it's never going to happen either. Like he's never going to get the chance and it would get overturned by the Supreme court because your right to keep and bear arms is an individual right guaranteed by the bill of rights. So I don't love that, but okay. I can, I, I also acknowledge it's not very realistic. His stance on the climate is, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to see eye to eye with him, but he also has seen the worst of the worst. He spent all those years fighting polluters. So I kind of get where he's coming from. But comparatively, like what I don't like about him compared to what I don't like about every other candidate, it's not close. It's I can deal with it. Yeah. And, I, you know, there is only one checkbox for me is you cannot be a neocon warhawk. And then as soon as that box is checked, then you're open to game. I got you. Most of the Republican, like the Nikki Haley's, the Tim Scott's, even DeSantis. All, yeah, and DeSantis has definitely tipped his toe into that group. So if you cannot check the 
I'm not going to blow up brown people box, then you don't get to get the rest of the boxes for me. And he checks that box, right? So, um, yes. And there's I, not that many that check the box. That's what's crazy. And it's such an obviously popular position, especially with the, you know, I'm going to call this to the right side because like, like the neocons and the country club Republicans definitely want to go do that. They think that's solid foreign policy. But this populist movement that has been simmering between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump and all of these anti-establishment candidates, that's a huge thing of stop sending us to war. Stop getting us involved in wars. Stop going. And I like if, I've, if Afghanistan and Iraq didn't open your eyes for how insanely corrupt that entire industry is, I don't know what will. Trump won when he called George Bush and the Bush family and that regime lying him into Iraq. That's when he won the Republican primary. Fair. Bush ran on a humble foreign policy. You know, and then he, you know, he's a neocon, so that didn't really hold up. But... To your point, it's the most popular position that we have amongst all the positions. Right. Stop the wars. And I don't understand why that, I mean, I understand why it is, but it, we need more candidates to be able to stand up and actually say that. And, you know, right, right now, RFK is the, the one doing it the most. So He's been the most clear cut on it. Yeah, he's been right. the most uh, unambiguously, no, we need to stop this. And, he, you know, he talks about how his son went and served in, like, one of the legions over there. Like, he was yeah. a machine gunner for Ukraine. Right. And he's like, we just, we got to stop. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on board. Support the troops, bring them home. Support the troops, bring them home. And I genuinely like the idea that he is seen as the most favorable when there's a Biden up there, that DeSantis is up there. All of the mainstream typical candidates Mm -hmm. are there and the people are rejecting them. And I like that. Yeah. Optimism. Yeah, it's it's I mean, it's not going to happen overnight, but it's at least a step in the right direction for where we need to get to, or where I hope we get to. All right, let's do this. Oh boy, we're going to move into the Hunter Biden Biden crime family Devin Archer uh, portion of the uh, show here. So before we get into that, please uh, remind everybody to please like the show, share the show, subscribe to the channel, give us some comments, let us know what you think about the. Uh, you think UFOs are a psyop or uh, a real disclosure, or both? Yeah, could be a mix mash of both, right? Could be. Um, I don't know what else did we talk about today. Do we think that uh, YouTube will ever be uh, outed in the uh, YouTube files? If there I is guess a- here's the better question: What is the proper recourse the court to take against this administration for what they did? Because you can't go back in time and just right. Say, oh, oh, never mind. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even know. You're you're the lawyer. I've- let's put lawyer in air quotes i don't know i mean there is no there's nothing that you could do now that would create justice right i mean there's no way that you're gonna be like okay we're we're all we're everybody made whole here we're all better like it's impossible to 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 be to happen so i mean we're gonna get into impeachment here in a little bit i'm not sure that that is the thing but it may happen anyway through other uh, means. I don't. I don't know. Like I don't know if there is criminal penalties. I don't either. So I, we're going to find out. Hopefully, I, I mean, hope so. Because maybe it's hopefully, cut. yeah. I said hopefully Missouri v. Biden uh, keeps making its way through the courts, and uh, eventually the Supreme Court will make a, a decision on us, and we'll know. But speaking of courts, let me read this headline. Judge rejects Hunter Biden's plea deal amid concerns regarding gun possession charge. So, 
for those of you who were playing along last week, we talked about how Hunter Biden was going to uh, enter his plea deal for his tax evasion and gun charge. Turns out his, he has the same lawyers that were probably representing Jeffrey Epstein because he tried to get in some uh, crazy, uh, hey, any future crime that you may charge me with, I'm, I'm immune to that too, right? So he basically tried to insert immunity into his gun charge where, that would basically make him immune for all prosecution for any crimes re- relating to, or any, any crimes yeah, not, not even related to. not necessarily like just yet to be committed, but yeah. anything you haven't found out yeah. yet, you're not allowed to come after me for. Yeah, and so the judge... To her credit, and if I find her name, I'll I'll, I'll uh, repeat it here. To her credit, she caught it, and maybe her clerks caught it. But anyway, her, her the judge did something about it and said, "Hey, does this bind me from ruling on any ferret charges? Uh, basically, for uh, uh, not registering as a, a foreign agent, doing international lobbying or whatnot. So, which Hunter Biden has not done. Uh, well, the judge done asked, the lobbying. he yeah. hasn't done the registering. Right, right. So the judge asked, "Hey, would this bind me from?" any future ruling regarding a FARA violation and the, to the dismay of the Hunter Biden team, the DOJ said, no, we can still prosecute him for that. And the Hunter Biden team was like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? (laughs) That was exactly what we talked about. And so boom, plea deal up in smoke. Piggyback, piggyback on piggyback that to the story that we're going to cover here next is this the beginning of the end of the Biden crime family? I think it very may well be. And I mean, let's talk about the, pl- I mean, this, I'm glad, you know, it seems in, in hindsight, when I read this, I was like, where was the, and, and you know, this is where my brain goes, where was the judge in the Epstein case being doing the same thing? I was like, wait a minute. Uh, I'm not going to agree to this. This is terrible. Um, but clearly the DOJ and the Biden team had disagreement and had discussions I'm guessing the FARA violations were brought up, and I'm guessing the Biden team was completely caught off guard when the DOJ said, no, this doesn't, you know, this, we can still, we're, we're still investigating, we're going to move forward. And that, I'm, maybe they discussed that. Hey, if the judge calls us out, we're, we're you know, we're, we're not, we're not taking this, we're not falling on sword for you, so just know that, you know, if, if she doesn't say anything, we'll, you know, this will sneak through and we'll be good. But if not, we're not, we're not coming to bat for you. I don't know. What, what, what was your take when you heard that the plea deal was uh, struck down by this judge? Uh, I don't think that it was that, that explicit of an agreement. I think that they had reached an understanding because they didn't put it together. They tried to sneak this past the judge so that the judge wouldn't catch it. So they didn't just put that, like, into the plea deal itself. They put that in a separate documentation used in support of. And God bless whatever law clerk happened to catch this little mistake. But the idea that you would even try not that, a mistake, not a mistake that you would try. That's a feature, right? The idea. <laughs> well done. It's uh, it's the idea that you would even try this is like, let's just assume we have like a functioning, legitimate Department of Justice, you know, that actually wants to prevent crimes and catch people, particularly those in positions of great power or close to Uh Assume they actually wanted to go after and and get this guy. What possible justification? You have him dead to rights. You have gun possession, no question. You have tax evasion with all the corresponding complications and, and, like, you have him caught. So he wants to plead. No problem. Uh, The plea deals are very similar. Like, the extent of the plea deal should have been you won't go to prison, but that's it. You're on probation. You won't go to prison. Tell us more stuff, and we'll give you a break. Right. You got to give us something else because we have you. You're done. 
We own you. Like, this is done. It's so cut and dry, it's not even funny. You make Wesley Snipes look like a complicated case in comparison. Think okay? of all the people who are in jail on these gun, same gun charges. Right. Right. And Crazy so you just people. go after them and say, like, all right, what do you want to do? And they come back with, all right, here's what we're going to do. We'll plead guilty to these minor tax evasion charges, ignoring all the complicated steps and concocted schemes that we did, to, that we used. And we're just going to act as if this is similar to he accidentally forgot to pay taxes. And you're like, okay. And the gun stuff, we'll plead guilty to it, but it's like a no contest. You're just, you know, you're not going to go to prison. Yeah, and, and, and he can only go to the future. And that's where the diversion thing was tied to is the gun charge, not the tax charges. So all this future immunity was tied to the gun charge, which is just like such in your face so scumbaggery. Slimy, right? yeah. So slimy. And then the lawyer goes, all right, look, also, let's just be clear. As long as we're going to plead guilty, anything that he's that he's done up to this point is just this is for all of it. You can't prosecute him for any of it, and anything that you haven't discovered yet that in any shape, way, or form relates back to this is also precluded. Good, and you go, yeah, yeah, smart. It's good. Uh, that seems fair. I would give that to the average person on the street. So I'm sure that'll reform your behavior, right? And no, like, or it is a, look, you know, we don't want to do this, but we got to do something to the public for safe face. So let's just do this. How bad is the rest of this stuff? And how obvious is it? And the defense attorney goes, I mean, it's Hunter Biden. How, it's exactly as bad as you think it is. What do you want me to do here? Like, all right, well, let's, there's no way a judge is ever going to agree to this. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to split it up between the two things. We're going to see if she notices. Hopefully she doesn't, they never do. So we should be okay. And if it does, we'll deal with it when it happens. All right. And then. The, the FARA thing, the, the Foreign Agent Registration Act, which I think is an absolute farce of a law to begin with. But you send some people to prison over it, so guess what? Now you got to enforce it equally. And the idea that Hunter Biden was not acting at the behest of any foreign agencies or entities while lobbying his dad slash business partner is insanity. So he is, again... If Michael Flynn is guilty, if Paul Manafort is guilty for failing to register under the FARA Act, Hunter Biden is just as guilty, folks. I don't know what to tell you. It's a stupid law, but I'm not the one who passed it, so don't blame me. So the DOJ goes after this side, but not this side. That's a problem. And we, sh we would be uh, remiss to not point out that one of Biden's lawyers called the clerk's office and said she represented the Ways and Means Committee trying to get some of the uh, uh, details uh, details suppressed from going public, right? Like, what a scumbag. Like, they said that was an accident. Yeah. <laughs> I accidentally said Ways and Means Committee. Whoops. I love it so much. That this is how this works. Like, the amount of stuff you have to just swallow if you're still supporting this guy and this family and this president that you just have to swallow well people who actually know what's going on just stare at you like this like you just got to feel stupid at some point there's no getting around it you have to feel stupid because you're like obviously this is false and even uh what was the thing that joe biden was texting to his daughter not joe but uh, hunter biden was texting i, I don't want to know anything about that no it was something where hunter biden said like i hope you guys can do what i've done over the last 30 years and supply enough money to keep this family rolling but don't worry i won't take half your salary like pops did <laughs> like what do you think that means like oh my god what do you think 10 percent for the big guy means do you realize how insane you have to be to not acknowledge the reality of it's the most corrupt family since Joe Kennedy and without like the lore and some of the redeemable qualities that made Joe Kennedy at least interesting. Yeah. It's just blatant corruption.
It's okay. self-dealing, self-serving, self-enrichment at the sacrifice of the public good. All right. So shout out to U.S. District Court Judge Mary Ellen Norica. She, she apparently is. she did some. She's at least stood up and done something that I feel like is. It might even be like a noble thing, like for where like she just didn't get run over by the machine, which is nice. So, anyway, craziness there, which leads us to some of the next uh, you know fun topics that we get to discuss here. Um, one that I don't think we've ever discussed on here because we weren't uh, on the air in 2004. Mm-hmm. John Kerry. Oh, boy. So, John Kerry, uh, Secretary of State. Former. Former. Who's this? Oh, Blinken's Secretary of State now. Yeah, former Secretary of State. He's the special climate envoy for the United <laughs> Great. States now. That's what we need. Him pl- flying all over the plane and flying all over the earth in his private plane telling us to eat bugs hey he does not have a private plane and he has never owned personally a private plane okay and he testified as such under oath and then it turned out the guy said whatever the congressman was i'd like to enter this in evidence and it was an article saying carry family sells private jet and he goes i thought you never owned one and he goes that was the family's not mine I love this dude. He just keeps getting caught lying over and over and over and over. And everybody's like, no, it's John Kerry. He's fine. He's important. We should give him more power. So John Kerry has a son, Chris Hines. Stepson. Whatever. Sure. Technicality. Yeah. Chris Hines. Yes, that Chris Hines from the uh, wonderful ketchup company. Mm Mm-hmm. Also business partner with Hunter Biden and uh, Devin Archer, who we'll get to in a little bit here. Sure. Forming something called Rosemont Capital with a bunch of offshoots like Rosemont Seneca, Rosemont Realty, Rosemont Technology, blah, 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 all these things. Uh, We'll get into all that. Oh, boy. From the book, um, Secret Empires, all part of the uh, excerpts that I have pulled out there. But um, why is John Kerry not, like, embroiled in any of this? I feel that's that was my question. That's why I brought up John Kerry. Because... His fingerprints and tentacles are in almost all of the same things. And he actually seems to have his faculties, whereas, like, you could dismiss, dismiss Biden and be like, he doesn't know what the hell's going on. Like, they're just literally just using him to trot him out here. Okay, look, Bernie's still alive. Let's have a party. And that's what's happening, right? Whereas John Kerry is clearly still in control of his faculties. Sure. And nobody ever asked him about any of this stuff where he could actually probably give a response and you could probably grill him a little bit. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is an un, a stone unturned here is John Kerry's involvement in uh, most of this Biden crime family. I think that it's he's been involved all along. This isn't new information. We've known this. This has been fairly obvious all along. And I don't know why he's not asked. Mostly I think it's because he holds the most unimportant sounding position ever but is actually wielding gross amounts of power and like what we're trying to commit our country to in the name of reducing the carbon um but he's not the president he's not the vice president he's never going to be elected to any office ever again he had his chance and he couldn't win that one for almost the same reason he just keeps getting caught lying about the dumbest things in the world and then he's shocked when he gets caught um but it seems to me that his his involvement is beyond suspicion it's yeah and it's it's, it's, it's there. yeah it's there and it's to me it's now noticeably absent from the discussion 
Well, let's make a push. Let's start getting John Kerry some questions That's, asked about Chris Hines, Devin Archer, and Rosemont Seneca. I, I think we just may be able to do that, Mr. Hughesong. I like it. For those of you who don't know, Devin Archer, the, uh, I don't know if brains is the right uh, uh, terminology, but uh, Hunter Biden spoke highly of uh, Devin Archer, before today anyway. Sure. Now he's um, not a fan. Devin Archer, former business partner of Rosemont Capital, those who we just mentioned, uh, partner with Hunter Biden and Chris Hines, testifying today uh, in a private session with the uh, House Oversight Committee about his dealings with the uh, Biden crime family. I asked on the, uh, the show notes, do you think or will Devin Archer be the downfall of the Biden crime family? Do you think this has enough there there to uh, actually make a difference? I mean, this is just real quick. This is part of the testimony is was leaked, you know, whatever. I don't know if they had some kind of pre-screening for this, but basically that some of his testimony was that, and we mentioned this last week, Hunter Biden, as like a party trick, used to bring out his cell phone and just dial his dad up and have his dad talk to a group of people, whoever he was, at any time. So um, to me, that smelled of a, hey, Hunter and dad had this conversation back in the day. Like Hunter was like, hey, dad, listen, I'm going to do this thing where if I, I want to kind of wield some power, I'm just going to dial your number. You don't have to say anything. You could just answer the phone, say hello, and that'll prove that I have the ability to access you immediately, right? I think calling it a party trick does it a disservice. He did this as a negotiation tactic inside of his Fair. business meeting. Fair. And that's just part of this testimony, which clearly pushes back on the idea that Joe Biden had no knowledge of his son's business dealings, and they have changed that uh, kind of defense uh, of recent, basically saying he had no involvement or direct involvement with his son's business dealings. So back to the question, will Devin Archer be the downfall of the Biden crime family? I hope so, but I don't know. I think that it's it was so what Hunter Biden used to do is in the middle of these things, and he goes, listen, I've got the ear of the vice president. My dad always takes my phone calls, dial them up every time dad answers. And it's meant to give the impression that, hey, if you got me, you got the ear of the vice president of the most powerful nation on earth. But his dad just happened to always answer. Man, that's a coincidence. I'm pretty close with my dad, but he doesn't answer every single time I call. Sometimes he just calls me back a little later. I know that seems crazy. I guess my dad doesn't really love me as much as Joe loves Hunter. <laughs> Who knew? Weird. What? Yeah. But Lizard blood is thicker than human blood. Apparently so. <laughs> But the simple reality is that he did this because that was their entire business model. So if Devin Archer can come out and shed more light on it and testify in front of Congress about how insane the corruption actually is, then yeah. I don't think it's I don't think court of law takedown happens until public takedown happens. I think you have to go in that order. You've got to get uh, present overwhelming evidence to the public and then even if it's not like beyond a reasonable doubt if it just gets to the point of supporting them is makes you laughable if if as soon as you come out and say well i still think joe biden i can laugh in your face and have most people agree then now this support's gone and then he can be taken down in a court of law and so let's before i get into the uh secret empires book here i just we should point out that devin archer who did show up today at court. I think it was like an eight. He was like four hours. It was like eight to noon. So okay. probably just finished right now. Did show up today, even though the DOJ sent a letter to the Southern District of New York 
asking them to put Devin Archer in jail today before he could testify. Now, they've had to backtrack that yes. and say, uh, no, that's not what we were doing. That's just weird. Just it was weird day. that it happened on a Saturday, the day before he was supposed to testify. We get it. We know it looks weird, but that was not our intentions. Okay. Anyway, it's it seems quite obvious to anyone who's even like remotely trying to pay attention that that was deliberate. Like the timing could not have like if you the only way you could justify is like oh I didn't know he was supposed to testify today so whoever did I mean which is mind boggling like not not real so so hang on it, yeah, the letter ahead. actually said you need to pick a date like there there should be no more appeals even though like the the attorneys for Devin Archer have said like no we're appealing this and that's why we're appealing it because there was prosecutorial misconduct there was all this new evidence. And then it just so happens that before he goes in, even if it wasn't as blatant and cut and dry as they're trying to get him thrown in jail Monday morning before he goes to testify, what it was was it was sending a message. It was meant to intimidate the witness before he goes in front of Congress. It was meant to be a, hey, we can come get you whenever we want, so you better think twice about what you say on Monday. Right, and he's in... This stems from him being convicted of uh, defrauding a Native American land and somehow Hunter escaped prosecution for that one as Despite well. Despite being his business partner. <laughs> it's it's so weird. Involved. All right, so let me let me read some of this stuff from uh, Secret Empires. This uh, at least will give you guys some, what I feel like will be background, and why I think Devin Archer might be the uh, linchpin to uh, pull this whole, pull the plug down here. So, um, and this is only, I'm just going to read a, a few sentences, a couple excerpts. This is early on in the book, page... 30 I'm starting here so and really I'm starting on a later page but um, this all happened in December of 2013 so this is when uh, uh, the reason I bring this up is this is the Biden trip to uh, China on Air Force Two December 2013 so let me tell you what's going on while they were in China Rosemont Seneca partners had been negotiating an exclusive deal with Chinese officials which they had said which which they signed approximately 10 days after Hunter visited China with his father so this is the infamous Air Force 2 trip uh, the most powerful in financial institution in China the government's Bank of China was setting up a joint venture with Rosemont Seneca Rosemont Seneca just for real quick Rosemont is uh, a term uh, associated with Chris Hines from his farm and Seneca is a term associated with Hunter Biden from his uh, childhood days where he grew up around here in Seneca, New York. So yep. um, that's where the Rosemont Seneca name comes from. So 10 days after Hunter Biden left China with his father, Rosemont Seneca and the bank of China created an investment fund called Bohai Harvest RST, a name that reflected, uh, uh, you don't need to know the name, the background of the name, but the name basically just goes back to, Citing these people. In short, the Chinese government was literally funding a business that it's co-owned, a business that is co-owned along with the sons of two America's most powerful decision makers, as we pointed out, Chris Hines and uh, Hunter Biden. The deal was remarkable. Rosemont Seneca was getting something for the first time that no other Western firm had in China, a private equity cross-border investment fund formed in the Chinese government Shanghai Free Trade Zone. The, Sh the Shanghai Free Trade Zone had been established only months earlier by the Chinese government, state council, and personally championed by the prime minister. The advantage of the Biden and Heinz, they were the first brand new company, Rosemont Seneca, just formed 
three years prior, is the first Western company to partner with the Bank of China. Um, I'm sorry, I'm skipping forward in there. If you were trying to read around, I can tell you where you was at. So the advantages that the Biden and Heinz firm got were enormous. Along with the Chinese government capital to invest by operating from Shanghai Free Trade Zone, they could take Chinese government funds and invest there or take them out of the country and invest them in the United States or elsewhere. No one else had this such agreement in China. Rosemont Seneca was essentially the first in line. One more thing. The following year, in July of 2014, so this is kind of just showing a pattern here, Secretary of, then Secretary of State John Kerry arrived in Beijing for a series of sensitive high-level meetings with Chinese government officials. Meanwhile, as the Secretary of State was engaged in high-stake secret discussions with Chinese counterparts in Beijing, other private commercial discussions were being held with Chinese officials. These talks did not involve U.S. governments. A former subsidiary of a Chinese government company that was close to the Chinese military was beginning discussions with another Rosemont entity. The Chinese company Gemini Investments was interested in purchasing Rosemont Realty. Weird. A firm controlled by John Kerry's stepson um, and, and Hunter Biden. So not just Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, but John Kerry and... Chris Hines, seemingly all on the uh, uh, conspiring, if you will, to trade influence for money. It seems pretty out. I mean, this book is, you know, older. It's been out for a while. So this information is not new. Right. Um, But all this is coming to light now because Devin Archer has agreed to testify um, to the House Oversight Committee. So will Devin Archer take down the Biden crime family? I don't know, but he could. I, he is in the position where he could divulge the things that could take down the family. Yes? Yes. Maybe him and Tony Bobulinski could start a podcast. Yeah, together. and Devin Cooney. Oh, God. I would, I would watch that. I would that. subscribe. Yeah, for sure. I would, pay, I would pay good money. So, I mean, I'm going to read more of this book, so I'll uh, start filling in some stuff, and maybe we'll get some new... Uh, I, I don't expect a transcript from this testimony... And I'm sure some of the juicy stuff will be redacted, but uh, we are expecting some kind of transcript from this testimony later in the week. So tune in next week as we uh, break down that. Uh, I hope somebody leaks it. Yeah, that'd be great. Maybe they can leak it in a PDF format without realizing that the PDF doesn't actually redact the, the full words. testimony <laughs> of everything. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's great. So I mean, listen, can we just pause for a quick yeah, second and point out the insanity that we don't live in a society where we expect that? <laughs> like, how insane is it that we can't have somebody go and talk about public corruption and then just expect that the government would release the transcript and say, here it is. Like, we know they're not going to, and we all we all just accept that. That's wild to me. Yeah. Still to this day, that's wild to me. Before we go, I should leave, leave everybody with this final thing. Hunter Biden sold art to Democratic donor whom father appointed to prestigious board. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when they Remember when the per, there was supposed to be some disconnect between Hunter Biden selling his art and not peddling influence, and then the guy, the girl, actually, who the lady who bought the art, actually gets appointed by the dad. I mean, come on, this is just incredible, a joke. right in our faces. I know they're just right in so our faces. Bl- like the idea. It's impressive. They had Hunter Biden become an artist, sell not even originals but screen prints for more than any artist like imaginable, and everybody was just like, "Ah, uh, that's fine." Oh, my God. That is crazy. All right. We covered a lot. Yep. Um, 
Anything you'd like to uh, leave the folks with? I got to read this book. Yeah, take it with you. I got two. All right. I'm going to take one because yeah. I want to read this. Yeah. Um, I should have done this at the beginning of the show, but uh, maybe at the end of the show, I'll do it anyway. So I, right. I'm not sure if uh, my boss uh, will get to the end of the show here, but shout out to that dude for yeah. having some, some, uh, some stones over the weekend. So thank you. Full sincerely. Um, on that note, I would like to uh, leave everybody... Like good-hearted, light-hearted stuff you'd like to uh, leave the folks with? Touch grass. Touch grass. This Hang sh- out with your neighbors. Our, that should be our mantra. Touch grass. All right. On that note, guys, thank you all for tuning in. Please help the channel out. Like and share. Subscribe to the channel. We'll see you all again next Monday.